Yes, it is Tuesday, September 20. This is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. And uh, we've got uh, Clint Gutherson, the Eels co-captain, coming up shortly. And uh, Parramatta slide outsiders for their match against the Cowboys on Friday night. A preliminary final. They're taking that chartered flight Thursday. And they'll be back after the game, straight after the game, Friday night. So, no acclimatising exactly to the conditions there. Now, Tom Apachik... Their centre is in doubt with a hamstring injury. And, uh, well, the team's out later today. But if he doesn't play, Morata Niakore likely to move to the centres in place of him. And as far as Souths are concerned for their prelim against Penrith Laws, all eyes will be on Alex Johnston, who's got a hip flexor problem, Jai Arrow, a groin issue, and Saliva Havili, a calf problem. Looks like Havili in particular would have to be longer odds out of the three to play. Yeah, uh, but Alex Johnston, that so valuable goes without saying. Well, he's a try scorer, isn't he? And Penrith uh, South like to play down that left side, and Alex Johnston, if there's a half opportunity there, he usually grabs it. The thing in the back of their mind will be: two weeks ago, the Roosters ran out Tupu against South with a you know, groin sort of complaint, and I know it's a different injury; it's a hip flexor. But when you take anyone into a big game, you've got to take into account what if. What if this happens? Um, some coaches go, well, you can get an injury at any time. But you don't want to be left exposed early with one man down um, to an outside back because that can really knock your rotations around, depending on who you've obviously got on the interchange bench as well. Um, but it's big decisions for coaches this time of the year. They know their players better than anyone else. Uh, if they think they can get through an 80-minute performance, uh, you select them. But if you've got doubt that they can't do it and you'll be left exposed at some time, you're better off to go with a fresh player. And, you know, that player may not be as good, but he can still do a job for you for that one game. Um, So that's the decision that all coaches are facing at this time of year. I know everyone's not 100% fit. They're all carrying some type of injury uh, or fatigue. Um, but it's about managing your player and as a coaching staff, you know what shape your player is in at this point in time and you've got to make the correct decision heading into a big game. Yes, and he's set to play in his first NRL preliminary final. Gutho, good morning. Good morning, Ben. How are we all? Yeah, really well, thank you. Why are you confident, Gutho, that you and your team will handle it, your prelim final this week? Um, we're just looking forward to it. Um, obviously, we got past last week, and um, everyone said for the last couple of years we couldn't do it. And uh, to be able to get that out of the way, there's probably a bit of a sigh of relief walking into the sheds after the game. But um, look, we're, we're we're just looking forward to the challenge, um, enjoying the week, uh, get up there on Thursday, and, and then see what we can do. And uh, we just got to go up there and play our game and, and not let it um, sort of bother us and, and and get the best of us. Gutho, tell us a bit about that pressure and, I guess, relief last week and what clicked. Is is there anything you can put your finger on that, you know, whether whether it was training, uh, morning of the game, attitude running out onto the field, what was it that just made you go – you were just on. From from kickoff, you were just on. Yeah, I think it was probably more during the week. Um, the week before Penrith, we – we probably trained a little bit uh, nervous and, and timid in, in where we wanted to go and uh, the footy we wanted to play. And um, going into that game, that's how we played. We didn't play any footy and we completed it. At, I think it was 65% in that game. And I think on the weekend, we, we went out there and straight away played the footy we wanted to. And I think we throughout the whole game, we, we completed above 80%. So when we go out and, and play and train the way we want to, it's... Um, 
we're going out there. We're not really worrying about what's happening, where we're going. We're just playing the footy that we see. And um, we, we put in a great performance on the weekend, but now we've got to be able to back it up and, and go out there, enjoy it, and play the same style of footy. I think that's the key, uh, Gutho. You've got to win two games now if you're going to be champions. And mm. what gives you the confidence? Because we've seen the best of Parramatta, which is good enough to win a comp, and then we've seen the worst. And we've seen that in our seven-day turnaround throughout the season. So w- what gives you the confidence you can go up there and get the job done against a talented team again? Um, we, we just have to back ourselves. Um, as, as I said, when we train well, we, we go out there, we, we're confident in what we do, and um, we're, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we've, a lot of us um, players and staff have never been this far, and uh, we just need to enjoy the moment and um, well, we just have to go out there and play the footy we want to. We, it, it's going to be another step higher, obviously, but uh, we have to go out there, have no no sort of regrets on on the footy we play, and um, see what it holds. If we if we play that style of footy, we're going to be there in the in the 80th to to be able to try and win it or or hopefully win it. So um, that that's our mindset going up there, and um, obviously they're going to have the same. And uh, it's a massive challenge to go up there and and put in a good performance, but. Uh, that's what you need to do this time of year. And, um, yeah, we're just looking forward to the challenge. Gutho, what's the mindset around fly in, fly out, sort of get up there just in time, play and then leave, rather than, you know, go two or three days early and acclimatise to the heat and different conditions? Um, yeah, we're, we're going up Thursday. We've got a, um, a charter jet up Thursday. So um, I don't think acclimatising would do too much. It's only a couple of days. It's, I don't think it would um, change too much to to what you're sort of getting used to or, or getting ready to play because on the night it, it could be raining, it could be it could be doing anything. So, um, look, we're just going to do all our prep down here, head up there Thursday and um, and try and play the game that we want to play. But, uh, look, that's what we've done all year. That's what we've, we've done in Brisbane uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, um, look, we're just looking forward to it. Um, uh, if it, It's Queensland. It's going to be warm, but uh, it's no excuse to, to what we want to do. Can you put your finger on why you've got such a bad record against the Cowboys in Townsville in particular, Gutho? Out of the last 14 times you've played up there, you've only won on two occasions. And they, you played them this year, but it was in Darwin. It was a different setup altogether. And, and they, they towed you up there. But why do you think they've got such a good record up there in Townsville? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Obviously, home ground um, up there and... Again this year they've been really good at their home ground, and um, I actually didn't know about that record until just then. So um, that, that, that's not the best. That's not the Ma- best maybe keep that one to yourself. <laughs> I don't reckon tell your teammates up, buddy. I think you actually cut out there for a second, Loz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's, it's obviously um, it's obviously for all teams going up there. It's always a hard game, and um, I've never played at the new stadium, so. I'm just counting that as a clean slate and we can go out there and, and start our own record. Gutho, you, uh, your coach said after your victory on Friday night, nothing would break this group. There seemed to be a lot of feeling in that performance. Yeah, there was. Um, obviously, before the game and uh, the, the, the day before, there's a lot of stories coming out. And um, to be honest, I didn't even know about it until uh, I got to the game and people started asking me. And um, I had a quick look and... Uh, look, a lot of it is just rubbish, and they're probably uh, for the last couple of years that things like this have been coming out on on big times of the year and um, at the finals, and uh, just adding a bit more pressure, and and then the the week two pressure as well that everyone was talking about. And um, as I said before, it it probably was a bit of a sigh, sigh of relief to, to 
to get that win and get enough in um, in the sheds after that game and and to be able to just put in a performance like that it sort of just puts all that puts all that to, to bed and um, all the stuff that was coming out as well so look mm. we're we're again just starting fresh and um, whatever whatever team goes out there to, to play um, that that's the team that uh, Brad's picked and we're we're fully confident that that team can get the job done. Gutho, how's Mitch travelling? Uh, obviously, a, a really tough couple of days for him after the passing of his grandmother. Um, he was on fire on the weekend, certainly at his best and stood up. And, and how important is it uh, for you boys to really get behind him and support him over the next week in the lead-up to this game? Yeah, it's obviously um, sad for him and his family. But, um, look, he's been great. He he's, uh, he came in yesterday, did field, and um, got back to his family after that. So we just got to get around him. These things sort of happen, but... Um, unfortunate and uh, look he's going to go out there and do a job it, it probably adds a bit, little bit more motivation to, to what he wants to do as well and um, if, if that helps him to perform even better it's going to be great for us as a team. What about your forward pack Gutho? Um, playing behind them when they're on uh, there wouldn't be a better forward pack in the comp I mean they charge the ball hard they get that second phase going and when they do that you're a team to be reckoned with yeah, that, exactly. That's what we need when we're at our best. Uh, Reggie Junior, Murata, and then Matto coming on. Um, it, it, it changes the game for us, and I think it showed with what Mitchell and Dill can do off the back of those two. Uh, those that pack, sorry, and um, when they're doing that, creating that second phase, that's the footy we want to play. And uh, we didn't do that against Penrith. We were just carting it up and, and not looking for anything. We were just trying to get to play the ball and. Uh, you can't do that, and then and in the big games, we'll, that's not how we're going to win. So uh, they're going to be up for another massive challenge against the rested uh, Cowboys pack. And um, look, we, we need them to be at their best again. There was one moment in that game on Friday night against the Raiders where I actually went, "Ooh, I'll see Parramatta now. I'll I'll see what they're made of." And I, I don't know who it was, but someone threw a pass, and you were coming out of trouble, and it was intercepted. And you were flying there at the time, and I thought, ooh, this could be a turning point in the game because how Parramatta have reacted in the past. They've tightened up in big games after they've made an error. Mm. But then you defended that set, but then you got straight back into your rhythm with the ball. And I thought, that's, that's how they're going to win. That, that is how they're going to win a game and a high-pressure game because I, you touched on it there before. I don't think you're going to win against a Penrith or a South just with a completion-based game. And that, to me, went, right, that, that's Parramatta. I hope they learn that just go out, attack, play like that, and whatever happens, it happens, but that's our footy. And we're going to live and die by playing our footy rather than sitting in the dressing shed going, why didn't we do this and having those what-if moments. So I thought that was a real sign in that particular moment that Parramatta were on and that's what they need to do as a blueprint going forward. Yeah, that's what we spoke about, Loz. We we spoke about before that game and straight after the Penrith game that uh, we wanted to have no regrets. We wanted to go out there and play. And um, if someone does get an offload or, or trying to play some shape and uh, it does go wrong, we just need to be able to have his back defended. And uh, things are going to go wrong in a game of footy, especially the way we play. And um, you just got to be able to defend it and, um, I was actually the one that threw that intercept. So um, we we just got straight back in, into what we wanted to do that next set. And uh, I think we might have, the two or three sets later, I think we scored again. So it just shows that if we can defend our, our mistakes and, and put, keep pushing forward and stay on that front foot, it, it's going to put teams under under pressure. And that's what we needed to do. Are there any more mistakes, Gutho? No, I, didn't, I couldn't yeah. remember it was Gutho. I didn't remember. <laughs> but I, I remember watching it closely because I thought, oh, here we go with Parramatta. Here we go. They've been on top. 
Uh, they've just had an error. What are they going to do next? And I watched it very closely. And I think they might have had a set or two at your line, the Raiders. Yeah. And then you held on, held on. But the thing that impressed me was you got straight back into playing your style of footy rather than yeah. sort of going into your shell a bit. Yeah, yeah 100%. And, that, and that's what we need to do. And um, if there's anything else you want to uh, bring up with the, with the curse that's going up there. <laughs> Jeez, I've been nearly negative this morning for you. We'll just get to the Gutho, <laughs> when you look through this Cowboys side, who, who, who's an individual or two you really look at and go, gee, we've, we've just got to limit their effectiveness all night? Well, I think that they've got strike all over the park, and that, that's why they've been good all year. They've, they've got Drinkwater at the back that just plays footy, and Val's um, in the centres. They've got Hickey on the other side, and then, then you look in their forward pack with Chamalala and Robson there. Um, they, they've just got strike everywhere, and they're not afraid to throw the ball. I think we saw in that. Uh, Cronulla game there. I think Tamalolo threw a 40-meter cutout to Hiku, and uh, they scored down that right edge. So uh, they play um, just a, a power game with it, with it, with promoting the ball, and um, that makes it even more so that our forwards really stand up and go after them. So uh, they're in for a big challenge, and um, we're just looking forward to it. Gutho, Loz earlier this morning spoke about the difference in temperature, the heat, but also the humidity. What's that like from a player's perspective, and, and how long does it take you to adapt to that? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really think about it too much when I get out there. It's probably more uh, when you're walking around during the day. You, you sort of feel it a little bit more, and when you get out there, mate, you might blow a little bit earlier, but you always get that second wind. And um, As I said, we're up in... Um, Queensland the other day to versus the Broncos and I think it was 22-23 on, on the Friday night that we played so um, if it's anything like that we, we, we just got to go after it and um, it, it might be a bit, probably a little bit harder for the middles that um, that have been playing big minutes for us but look it's no excuse and as, as I said it's just at this time of the year it's, it's a little bit warmer and uh, that's why they, they, they made the top four won that game and uh, they get the, the benefit of a home semi Gutho how do you go about stopping the Cowboys because they seem to score a lot of tries from kicks and their back rowers in particular. So how, how do you go about sort of stopping or limiting them being able to do that? Because the refs have obviously cracked down on escorting people off the ball and things, but it's a real weapon of theirs, being their back rowers being able to score tries off kicks. Yeah, it's a huge weapon and uh, it's something we've we got to look at and, and, and try and nullify, but... Um... Look, it's hard because the kicks that they're doing, they're right on that, that top of the half and you can't really get around it because they're just doing a low little dink and, mm. and it's given their back rollers uh, first grab at the ball. And um, to, be, to be able to limit it, you've just got to keep them out of your own end. But that's obviously uh, near impossible in the game. And uh, you just have to be able to out-compete them. And that's what they're doing really well this year. They're competing on absolutely every kick and uh, on every pass and every run. So... Uh, we just have to go out there and, and try and do that. And um, when they do catch the ball, we just have to be able to react and, and try and stop it. Well, prelim final, biggest game of your career. And I'm sure you'd want a bigger one even next week, Gutho. Good luck, mate. Go up there, get the W, come home for a GF. Thank you for your time as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good luck, mate. Give us a call, 13-53-53. Yeah, that battle at the back, Gutherson v Drinkwater. He's been a weapon, Scott Drinkwater, this year, Loz. He has. His speed. And to, and to think that he never started the season as their number one choice. He only came into the game, uh, into the team when there was an injury, and he's grabbed it with both hands. But they've got some talent, this Cowboys outfit, and it all starts through the middle. They've got a, a wonderful forward pack. 
Uh, Reese Robson has been a shining light for them as the hooker. They get over the advantage line so well. Um, they're, they're similar to Parramatta in one, that respect. They've got big forwards who, who offload the ball. Um, they've got a calming and steadying influence in the team this year with Chad Townsend. Um, a lot of their young guys have got a bit of experience after playing Origin this year, the likes of Deard and Tuolungi. So they've, they've got a serious footy team building up there. But, Loz, what, are they, what does Gutho mean? And you hear a lot of players say, just play footy. Like, to me, when I listen to, to players talk, I'm trying to work out what is Parramatta's uh, plan to beat the Cowboys. Do, do they have a specific plan? Yes. Because, uh, yeah. because if they don't, like, to me, just play footy. Doesn't everyone want, like... Doesn't everyone just want to play footy? Well, yeah, and everyone has different styles. Yeah, yeah. If you just focus on completions, you're not playing footy. No, no. you're not playing footy. So, so for, for me, I watched Parramatta against Penrith in the first semi final, <clears throat> and they were more about not making er- er- an error and allowing Penrith into the contest. So they just wanted to go sort of set for set with them, challenge yep. them a little bit, yep. uh, move the ball, but they weren't doing it off the back of what I believe their strength is, and their strength is. Collision through the middle, and then what happens after that collision? And if they can get an offload after that collision and move the ball and shift it a little bit off the back of that, it takes a lot of energy out of the defence, and you're okay. pulling the defence apart a little bit more easily than what you would if you were just going one out, play the ball, get tackle, play the ball, get tackle, play the ball, get tackle, play the ball. So, you, so you're, you're bashing down the front door, but you're also creating some offloads, which then allows you to go to an edge straight away and the edge could be pulled out of shape pretty quickly by doing that because sometimes on an edge you see a forward about to be tackled and you think they're going to the ground and you start to retreat in defence and then all of a sudden you might go, oh, geez, there's an offload, I've got to come forward. Mm. So what you talk about as an edge defence is doing everything together, having the same spacing. If someone jams, we all jam. If someone's going to go up and out that's what we're all doing but because your line is out of shape because you might have someone that's gone back and then he's got to move forward quickly or late as an attacking unit you're going at a team that that has been retreating and they're not as in shape as what they normally would if you were you know playing off a, a play the ball and they were attacking your edge straight away where you just move forward all together and work easy so Parramatta what what he's talking about is just that offloading ability, getting Moses, getting Dylan Brown to run the football off that and being able to be ball players as well and picking out weaknesses in the opposition from them being out of shape in the defensive system that they play. Cool. Morning, George. Yeah, how are you going? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, mate. i got something for Clarky. Go for it, buddy. Yeah, your, your best mate, Buzz. <laughs> yeah. He knows his football good. He said yesterday the excuse for Cronulla getting beat. They had a few two old men, you know, and they didn't back up from the hard semi-final a week before. Mm. And he named uh, for Peter and Tolman in that. Now, Tolman didn't even play the week before. <laughs> and for Peter played 16 minutes. <laughs> I'll, send him, I'll send him a text, George, and let him know. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> And they, he said they didn't back up. Well, our mate didn't even play. I <laughs> <laughs> ah, love it, George. Thank oh, you very much for picking that up and giving me some more ammo. <laughs> yeah, I just want to 
Let you know that he knows a fair bit about the footy. <laughs> 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 George, love it. Forty-six origins for Buzz. Don't worry about that. Thanks for the call, mate. Appreciate it. Got time quickly for Mar- uh, Angelo. Sorry, Angelo. Good morning. Good day, boys. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, mate. What have you got for us? Um, yeah, and no, I just want to uh, see what you guys think about um, after watching the Mario Fennick uh, documentary on Sunday night that the NRL now has to start uh, implementing mandatory stand-downs after a head knock? You mentioned this recently. Yeah, I think it's coming, Angelo. I, I, don't, yeah. I think it'll be something they'll seriously look at in the off-season. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big believer now that you know if you suffer a knock and you leave the field and you've been assessed um, with a HIA where you can't go back onto the field um, or you've, you've been concussed during that game, um, then it is a mandatory one-week policy. You, you, you just stood down from the from the next game, or you know, a ten-day, or I think it's in the AFL, a twelve-day, 12 12, day. twelve days in the AFL. Yeah, I, I think we're moving towards that, and we're moving towards it very quickly. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast, and uh, later this morning, in fact, uh, pretty soon, a quarter past nine in the NFL, Buffalo, a dollar twenty with tab, the Tennessee Titans, four dollars fifty, a flat line of ten. Titans the plus and Philadelphia $1.67 against the Minnesota Vikings $2.22.5 is the line for that game in Philly and Eagles the minus. Any thoughts, Loves? Those two games? Um, Possibly the Bills. Buffalo should win, shouldn't they? Can they cover? Uh, 10 points. Tennessee blew it against the Giants last week. Yeah, they're always Buffalo been Super Bowl favourites. No, I'll just take Buffalo. I'll take Buffalo. I reckon they'll cover the line. Okay. Philadelphia, Minnesota, this will be a good game, I reckon. Yeah, really good game. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins, the Vikings quarterback, very bad record in Monday night football. I think he's two and seven or two and nine. Oh uh, really? So but they look good. Justin Jefferson. Mm. They might be a smoke, smoky this year. Well, that's... Well, both these teams have been spoken about as being a smoky. Both NFC teams. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, we'll see what happens. I'm not a big Jalen Hurts fan. He was a great college player. Mm. And then they traded up for him when they had Carson Wentz, didn't they? Um, yeah, anyway, I'll see what happens. But I'll stick with the favourites in both games. But I think the Bills will cover the line. Unsure in the other game. I might go and upset I might go Minnesota. Mm-hmm. 220 for the Vikings. Quite a few upsets in the first two weeks, but uh, hopefully there's an even bigger upset on Saturday in the AFL Grand Final because the market as it stands has the Swans as outsiders and the money has all been for the Cats' early doors. In fact, uh, the line's shifted uh, in for the AFL Grand Final from 8.5 to 11.5, and Sydney are $2.50 outsiders. The Cats are $1.53. And as of yesterday, 86 of the total head-to-head hold has been on the Cats. And the biggest bet so far has been a $15,000 bet on the Cats at $1.55. So uh, as far as Swans fans are concerned, well, you're getting some value. Nick, good morning. Morning, boys. Thanks for having me. No, great to have you on the show. I'm sure a moment that you've dreamt of to play in a grand final. And I'm just curious, as, as a kid and growing up, what, what was a grand final moment for you that sticks out? Yeah, it's obviously um, a dream come true to even get there in the first place. But um, 
oh, I think I went to a few grand finals with my old man growing up, and um, I just remember him saying a couple of times that all you want to do as a player is, is be out there and um, you know do whatever you can to get there. So to be there this weekend, obviously still with a, a really tough job at, at hand, it's obviously a special week. What was the feeling like, Nick, in front of your home fans, mate, at the SCG once you got over the line? Oh, it was just relief. We were obviously holding on for a fair bit of yeah. the past quarter, and um, you know Collingwood are, are a hard team to stop when they're when they're playing some football. I guess you know they have nothing to lose in that last quarter, so um, they were hard to stop. But um, yeah, our fans really got us over the line towards the end. What did you put that comeback from Collingwood down to, uh, Nick? Was it the fact that you thought you may have stopped playing football, protected the lead? Uh, did you feel like you were sort of losing your legs a little bit and Collingwood were coming over the top with their, you know, with that extra energy? What did you what did you put that finish down to? Oh, I think it's a, it's a couple of things. We obviously, um, you know, stopped playing the way we were probably playing for three quarters and, um, you know, lost some crucial contests. But, um, you know, Collingwood have got great belief in, in what they do. They've obviously won a lot of games by... Not, not a very big margin at all. So they had a lot of belief and, um, you know, they probably thought they were in a, in a really good spot going into the, the fourth quarter. So credit to them. They just kept coming and, um, yeah, thank God we held on. There's much change for you guys this week in terms of preparation for Geelong. Did Geelong play a similar style of football to Collingwood or is it totally different? Um, oh, they... We haven't really gone into it too much yet, but um, they do play a, a sort of similar style. I mean, they, you know, you get to this real pointy end and all the teams defend really well at this stage, so they defend the ground really well. And, um, yeah, no doubt we'll have to be at our best to, to get over the line. How'd the boys pull up, mate, in regards to fitness? Is, have you got a full squad to choose from? Yeah, we've been, um, you know, really lucky this year with um, a great medical staff to have all the boys fit and available and um, obviously Sam Reid um, mm. hurt himself a bit but yeah. um, you know that's positive signs and he's feeling better and better by the day so fingers crossed he gets up and he's ready to go. I'll tell you what there'll be some extra energy in the room at training today with the announcement overnight that Buddy's re-signed. <laughs> yeah it's obviously really exciting um, you know Lance is a superstar and um, he's crucial to how we play as a team he obviously played extremely well on the weekend so um, yeah, excited to have him around for another year. Were you surprised at all? I, I think a lot of Swans fans probably were resigned to the fact maybe this is it, but uh, now he's going around again. I mean, as a, as a teammate, did you think deep down, or maybe this is it? Um, oh, to be honest, I haven't really been thinking about it too much. We've obviously had a pretty exciting final series up, and uh, there's been a fair few other things going through my head, but um, we're always hopeful that, that he'd stick around for another year, and um, you know, I think all, all of the boys here and a lot of his mates were pretty confident that he'd stay around. You had a good victory against Melbourne in week one of the finals, uh, Nick, and obviously, you know, and you had that week off and you played the SCG, and the SCG is a lot smaller to the MCG. I'm just wondering, as a footy team, what changes from playing at the SCG to the MCG for the Swans? Um, oh, not a lot, to be honest. Yep. I mean, you know, we obviously um, have got a great record at the SCG this year, but, um, you know, we've won some big games in Melbourne and at the MCG as well. So, um, you know, the way we play and the way you know, we attack and defend doesn't really change too much. There's obviously just a bit more space out there. So, 
um, you know, we're confident that our game suits the MCG as well as the SCG. So, um, yeah, we'll be going into the game confident regardless of where we play. What's the week look like, mate? When do you fly to Melbourne? How much? How many commitments, I guess, have you got off the field in and around this GF? Uh, we head to Melbourne on Thursday, Arvo. So we do all of our training and um, we've got an open training here today so all the fans and our members can come along and um, see us train and then... Off to Melbourne Thursday, and um, we've got that grand final parade on Friday, and then um, I suppose from there we just really laser in on, on what we got to do on Saturday. And uh, of course, you mentioned your, your dad, John. He won what a couple of grand finals there with North Melbourne in the nineties. What's his be- advice been, uh, Nick, to you on how to tackle the week? I haven't really spoke to him too much about it yet. Um, Mum and Dad and a lot of my family were up here in Sydney on the weekend to watch um, the game, and they were just really excited that you know I even get the chance to play in a grand final. But um, you know, no doubt I'll, I'll speak to my old man over the next couple of days, and um, yeah, you'll have a thing or two to say, that's for sure. I reckon the toughest thing in grand final week as a player is sorting out tickets early, Nick. <laughs> 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 How many do you have to get? Um, oh well, I've been we've been pretty lucky that. Um, you know, the club sorted all that stuff out last week just in case, um, you know, we were in it this week. So yeah. um, it's not a whole lot to worry about, but um, I'll have about 15 or 16 family and mates coming, which will be exciting. Outstanding. Well, what a week it's going to be, Nick. We appreciate your time this morning. Uh, enjoy it and, and good luck on Saturday. Will do. Thanks very much, boys. Nick Blakey of the Swans, just a mainstay in that uh, back line now. Sixteen tickets, yeah. mate. That's, that's a win. That's a win, that's mate, a win you, Clark. If you only you got sixteen, tr- you try and get five out of cricket Australia. We get given four, and then you've got to go around to every player on your hands and knees oh. and go, mate. Is your family coming? Can I have yours, please? You could not, mate. We go to the MCG. There'd be twenty thousand watching us play a Test match, yeah. and you couldn't get one extra ticket out oh. of cricket Australia. Oh no, it's hard. It's unbelievable. Hard. But isn't it funny, like? In a big game, like the oh, amount of tickets mate. that you've got to get, and it's just hard. You go, mate, yeah. I'd love to, but I just can't get any more. You find I'm a lot I'm of new friends, I reckon. Come a, big, come a big game, you find a lot of new friends. Old school mates come out of the woodwork. Oh, it's oh, funny. <laughs> find out you've got 10 extra cousins. <laughs> okay, I've just uh, gone on. For those who are looking to go down from Sydney to Melbourne, I've just looked on booking.com, right? Just, this is just for a hotel. Little, Mate, your flight, uh, uh, yeah, your, how much is a oof, flight? flight Qantas, is, Qantas has gone up 48% yeah. for a flight to Melbourne. Minimum 600 one way. Yeah, is what unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you're looking at, you know, average three, four-star hotel. You're looking close to 500 bucks <sighs> at least. Well, what's happening in Townsville? Apparently, you can't get any accommodation whatsoever. Well, we'll take the tent. Tent Buzz, city. Buzz told us yesterday. That's what they did for us. Yeah, I think they had. And flights to Townsville is they're, they're limited. Number one, and ha- that would be that expensive to oh, get up there. Be. And it's not like you can just jump in a car and do like Sydney to Melbourne. You could do. You could it's only eight there. hours. Yeah. And yeah. there's a stack of hotels. Yeah. Townsville, good luck. You know what's being done both in Townsville and also Melbourne this weekend. The amount of people who are doing the flights and not the accommodation. <laughs> I just fly Go in, down, fly out, fly in. Well, they did have Origin. Origin Day-nighter. Origin you do it. Day-nighter, yeah. you reckon, Mido? Oh, mate, 100%. Spend your accommodation on alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's uh, six o'clock flights out of Townsville. 
I remember when I was working at Fox, you used to go up there and do the Cowboys game and you'd get the first flight out there. It might even be up quarter to six flight, I think mm. it was. You not, you're, not go, oh, yeah. you're not going to a massive game to get out of there, though, are you? You're making oh, the night of it. I reckon you go on Middows way. You go on a day-nighter, spend your accommodation money on your alcohol and stay awake. Oh, gee. These hotels. Yeah, they're expensive. Look, they're, How much? That's when you need a cousin or a best mate that lives <laughs> in that town. Old, old school friend. Yep, yep. <laughs> on the couch, on the floor, share a bed, whatever you need to do. Uh, hotel sucks. $628. I'm not going to mention it anyway. <laughs> coming up. <laughs> ser- unbelievable. Bradley Davidson coming up shortly, and we'll get his uh, take on what we saw there. At uh, Royal Ramwick on Saturday and that victory by Enemo and the George Main Stakes and, of course, Nature Strip into $2.10 at last viewing for the Tab Everest, which is, what, less than a month away now? Uh, $2.10 this far out. And he's there on the line now. Morning, Davo. Morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, really well, thanks, mate. $2.10. It is Nature Strip's Tab Everest to lose, isn't it, after what we saw in the shorts? Well, I could easily take that blind, guys, isn't it? I mean, he was so dominant there on the weekend. He took a sit off the speed. He just wanted to, to relax beautifully, and he, he just put him to the sword late in the piece. I thought Lost and Running was outstanding from an Everest perspective. I, I sort of said in, in the lead-up, I think he might be the one who has had that seasoning last year and he might be the one that can step up and, and really shape up to the likes of Nature Strip on Grand Final Day. The only little fly in the ointment for Nature Strip for mine guys is his second up record. Um, I know some of those second up runs have been sort of two weeks between runs instead of four weeks which will be the lead up this year but there's no denying his second up record is pretty plain by his standards at least the last three or four preparations. So um, that is the little concern. He can be quite flat second up, but I'm sure Chris Waller's um, you know, aware of that and, and trained him differently to, to get him ready to rumble and, and to win the race second up this year where he's normally third up into the race. So that's the only little niggle I have, but um, obviously clearly the horse to beat. But um, yeah, lost and running. He's the one that I think is just tracking uh, beautifully and I wouldn't be surprised if he's a massive player uh, come four weeks' time. Uh, Dave, we spoke to um, Adam Pengilly Oh, about an hour ago, and we're just talking about how um, Artorius is back in town. And I, I said to Mido in the break there, do you think he'd be a horse that the slot ho- holders may uh, look at? Or is he just better suited down a straight track? I know he's young and he gets back in his races, but would he be, a, say, an X-Factor type horse in, a, in an Everest if he got an opportunity? Yeah, he wouldn't be uh, He wouldn't be out of it, would he, Lodge? Simply because it's generally a race where the pressure's on from the get-go and he needs that. He needs tempo up front because he gets back a long way in his races. Um, you know, I, did, I, I do wish they'd ride him a little bit uh, closer, to be honest. They, they seem to have this thought process that you need to be absolutely 100% cold on him and, and just put him right out the back. And, and that means he's, he's so far off them that he needs absolutely everything to go right to win races, where... Um, you know, if you watch some of his, his actual best wins, he's actually been a length or two closer to them in the run, and that's been the difference late in the piece. So um, he, he might be one they look at because I think it's fair to say that it's probably limited options outside of those that have already been picked. I know Overpass was, was great on the weekend, but um, he'd have to reproduce that now at that level. Um, and it's, it's harder to do that on grand final day. We saw Marzu's probably just a little bit off them at this stage, and and, you know, he might be able to improve. I know he's already got that spot, but at the same time, I do think it's probably a little bit too soon for him. Mm. The other horse, we got a text about just earlier, and I've forgotten what's happened to this horse. Oh, no, did it? 
Marabi. It's it's listed as spelling on the Racing Australia website, uh, but uh, gosh, that Oakley Plate win was unbelievable. Yeah, it was definitely an X Factor horse, no doubt about it. But um, I believe they did have some issue there. Yeah. It was going to be a race against time to get ready for the spring. So yeah. if it says spelling there, I would say that horse would probably be very unlikely to be there in uh, in four weeks' time. How good was Enemo Davo in the George Main? Yeah, he was great, wasn't he, Loz? Uh, no doubt about it. He keeps raising the bar and he beat them easily enough. Uh, uh, yep, and he's on to, to bigger and better things, the way he's tracking beautifully. It would have been great to see Zaki there, but I thought Ice Bath was terrific as well. And, you know, I was one, I put my hand up. I said late last week, I was shocked they didn't go to the, the Tibby, but they've made more money by going to the Group 1 and, and uh, a Group 1 placing. So I think Brad Whittup made the right call in the end and, and well done to them. I'll put my hand up and say I got that call wrong. But, um, yeah, she, she went outstanding as well. But, look, he's just on track, isn't he? He's just building beautifully this preparation. And um, he's going to be hard to beat whatever whichever uh, path they decide to go towards the Cox Plate. Gee, in Victoria, aft cabin. Uh, outstanding performance. Now the $3 favourite for the Caulfield Guineas after its win in the Guineas Prelude. What did you make of that performance? In the driving rain, by the way, with Jamie Carr in the saddle. Gee, it was some uh, relentless conditions there, weren't they? There for a couple of races at, at Caulfield. I haven't seen many scenes like that. It was just torrential rain. But look, hard to, hard to, hard to suggest uh, that he shouldn't be a deserving favourite after that. That was a big sort of D-Day moment for him because he, he came off a, a big win uh, two starts prior, but at Sandown. So he hadn't done it against that sort of level of opposition. And gee, he just won with an absolute leg in the air. And the way James Cummings was talking in the lead-up suggested uh, he expected a performance like that. So a mile's going to be no issue off that. And, uh, gee, they're going to be uh, hard to beat. It's going to be hard to beat off that for sure. Who are we following out of the meeting, mate? Look, I think there's a, a few to follow there out of the meeting on the weekend. Stray, I thought, was, was great. Just got too far back for mine and then peaked on the run late. Wolverine, from a flight stakes perspective, I think it's on, on track beautifully. Ice Bath, we've spoken about her. Lost and running was terrific. And Anathol, I thought, was just uh, out of this world in that uh, in the shorts. I mean, he made up many lengths and was one of the strongest through the line. So, fought under the team there. Um, yeah, he was he was uh, the real surprise packet in that race. Who have you put in the bin? Well, I think we've put Profondo in the bin before, but he'll stay there for now. I also want to put the, the favourite of the, the Tav Highway in the big Gusto there. I'm, I'm shocked it started favourite um, off a... Was solid win, but there was much deeper form in that uh, Tab Highway, and um, yeah, it's just just going around too short for mine at the moment. So we'll throw those two horses in Sinbin. Thank you, Dave. Have a good day. You too. Speak tomorrow, guys.